It's Sunday morning. Time for the Great Outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Good morning, everyone. This is Charlie Potter, your host on the Great Outdoors show on WGN Radio. Thank you for joining me, and happy Father's Day to everybody, all of you listening, all you dads. It's our day. I hope you have a great day in the great outdoors with your family. My guest this morning, Kerry Lucht, who's also a fabulous dad, a longtime friend, and has been on the great outdoors show a number of times, is joining me this morning to talk about a potentially very big win for conservation, a really big win, and also maybe something that's going on that may not be such a win for conservation, but we'll talk about it and we'll kick it around. So Carrie Luft, who's the Executive Vice President of the Max McGraw Wildlife Foundation and who's been involved in a, in a number of, frankly, transformational studies with conservation in recent years, is my guest. Carrie, thank you so much for joining me on The Great Outdoor Show. Happy Father's Day to you, Charlie, and to all your listeners. We're celebrating Father's Day. Well, it, it, it is. It's a fun day, Carrie. As, as you know, you've got you've got wonderful daughters, and, and I'm actually going to go be with my daughter this afternoon. And it's, it's something that it is kind of fun to look forward to. So, Carrie, we got a. I guess we're all dads. We got a. We got a Father's Day present potentially this week. Yep. The Recovering America's Wildlife Act passed through the House of Representatives with a vote, interestingly, of 231 to 190, and this would create an annual fund of $1.3 billion to be given for wildlife conservation on the ground. Uh, I know you've known about this for a while. I actually, in full disclosure, was on the Blue Ribbon panel that was chaired by Johnny Morris of Bass Pro, gosh, it must have been seven years ago, eight years ago when we first met, when this all came up, and this, sometimes things happen in Washington, Kerry, and you know it well, it takes a little while. Uh, what do you make of this, and, and, and is this a big game changer? You know, it's absolutely fantastic, Charlie, if it, if it passes the Senate, um, which is no sure thing, but there are there is bipartisan support for it. Um, the, the problem is that we don't have enough funding for conservation in America, plain and simple. Lots of, uh, the vast majority of conservation in this country is funded on the backs of hunters and anglers who pay excise taxes, license fees, and, uh, other, uh, duck stamps, for example. And that's, that is really a, a significant share of the conservation funding. Uh, but there's lots of other species that are threatened uh, in this country. You know, um, pollinators is, is one big one that we all know about. Uh, monarch butterflies, uh, you know, states want to conserve these creatures, but they don't have the resources to support it. So um, I think the number is well over 1,500 endangered or threatened species and, and, and many, many more of that that need conservation assistance. So what this bill would do, Charlie, is it would route about uh, slightly more, uh, I think almost $1.4 billion a year 
to states and other agencies to help uh, with wildlife action plans to uh, help these uh, uh, creatures that have been dwindling over the years recover. And why should we care about this? Well, there's so many reasons. Pollinators are obviously one very important thing to our ecology. But not, not only that, Charlie, if we take care of habitat and we take care of the places where these creatures live, we're going to have all sorts of benefits to ourselves. So uh, I'm sure that's more than you wanted to hear, but I'm excited about this act. No. No. When we take care of wildlife, we take care of ourselves. Uh, and and I think, Terry, you've been involved in this this movement with Wings Over Water, the IMAX movie that is trying to awaken the world, much less North America, that we have our own Amazon equivalent, it's the prairie wetlands. So when I first sat on this commission that came up with this idea, it was not called this, but the Fish and Wildlife Service and the agencies at that time, and I I believe this was seven to eight years ago when we started, uh, Time is a Way of Flying, said we're about $900 million to a billion dollars short annually to to address the critical wildlife needs. And what I think is interesting for all of you listening is we have the Pittman-Robertson Fund, which is, comes from the excise tax on firearms and ammunition, and that primarily goes to fund habitat and, and because it's largely funded, a lot of its funding comes from hunting for hunting. What we have never done, Kerry, successfully is we've never gotten the buy-in that we all benefit from wildlife. And, and, and I remember so well the Outdoor Recreation Association opposed the notion that there would be any kind of extra tax on outdoor equipment because they didn't think that it was the right thing to do. And they still largely do. And yet hunters and anglers, for 100 years almost, have been trying to raise taxes on themselves to provide habitat. Why do we have such a disconnect between hunters and anglers being so willing to raise taxes on themselves versus the non-consumptive users? And after all, Kerry, we're all consumptive users. If you're riding an ATV, you, you are consuming while you're doing it. Um, you're consuming energy, your trails, there are all kinds of needs. Why are people who don't consider themselves consumptive users so opposed to a tax on themselves? Well, I think part of it, Charlie, is the idea that it's a new tax. You know, I mean, uh, I, uh, I I don't think anybody likes to cut it, uh, to pay taxes, uh, but, uh, you know, the fact that it would be a new levy on something that hence uh, the previous had been had not been taxed uh, probably has a lot of opposition, even among uh, people who are great great friends of the outdoors. But the, the, the fact is, Charlie, is that we have a funding crisis uh, for conservation in America, and it's only going to get worse as hunters age out. Um, you know, the, we've talked about this on other shows, but um, hunters are getting older, and they're dropping out of the sport. And while there are a lot of uh, people working hard to ensure that hunters continue to be recruited, reactivated, and retained, um, the demographic trend is not a, a good one. And what do we, how do we compensate for that money going away? I feel that this is a step in the right direction. Let me, let me just add, there is a program right now called the State Wildlife Grant Program that is 
for threatened non-game species in America. He gets $56 million a year. That's nothing. So we really, really need to pass this act or something like it in order to have what's needed to keep our uh, habitat and our wildlife populations healthy. Well, what, one of the things, Carrie, that we talk a lot about, the, probably the most successful program, which is the tax, is the federal duck stamp program. started in 1935, and it's okay. successful because I believe it's 98 cents on the dollar under the act is required to be used for habitat acquisition and management. That's so correct. if we could come and, up with something. Go ahead. Well, absolutely. I mean, the the state of the art state wildlife um, agency, natural resources agency in America, the one that's pretty much uh, universally described as as a leader is Missouri. They have a tax that funds conservation in that state on everybody, and it was voted in by the by uh, the people. Unfortunately, Charlie, we're in an anti tax mood in in this country. I mean, already there are people in the Senate saying. Oh no! This is a new spending program. We don't want to do this. Um, you know, uh, this is going to be. It's going to be tricky, and it's got to get through the Senate for it to get to uh, President Biden's desk. And you know, I mean, well, for, and let's circle back to the duck stamp, Charlie. Yes, the vast majority of people who purchase duck stamps are waterfowl hunters. Um, some of us, like you and I, buy several every year um, because it's such a good program. Um, but those, those dollars fund the national wildlife refuges that all of us can enjoy and that protect uh, birds and wildlife that have nothing to do with the duck stamp. I mean, you know, this is, a, this is a bad time for America's wildlife. What is it, Charlie? Three billion birds have disappeared over the last several decades. I, mean, I know it's something like a quarter of all forest birds more than a third of all shorebirds and more than half of grassland birds. We're not talking necessarily about sharp-tailed grouse or prairie chickens. They're down. But these are a lot of other birds that make a lot of people happy. Well, as we go to break, we're visiting with Carrie Luft, the Executive Vice President of the Maxim Girl Wildlife Foundation, talking about the Restore America's Wildlife Act. Now, just what Carrie would like to read this quote from uh, Representative Bruce Westerman from Arkansas, who called this this bill regrettably flawed, quote-unquote, because it would create a new permanent spending program. Well, I hope, and I, for those of you who've listened to me for years, you know I am not a big fan of big government and big government spending. I hope we create a new permanent federal government spending program that benefits conservation and wildlife across America. It will make all of us enjoy our lives better. Carrie will be back in just a moment. You listen to Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN. And first, a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland Chevrolet dealers. In the field, hunters need to be alert, sense the environment around them and know exactly where they are, communicate seamlessly with their dogs. And when it comes to pickup trucks, you want the same qualities. 
The all-new Chevy Silverado comes with an available 4G Wi-Fi hotspot for seamless communication. It's designed to handle the toughest loads with advanced trailering technology, tough on the road and off. And the all-new design gives you more cargo space than the competition. Chevy Silverado is the most dependable, longest-lasting, full-size pickup on the road. Plus, there's never been a better time to see your local Chevy dealer about the Big Fix lease. It's an amazing lease deal that can lower your monthly payments and give you more Chevy, all for less money. That's a treasure hunt. So head to your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and see why Chevy is the number one best-selling brand in Chicagoland, now eight years running. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host on WGN, and we are visiting with Carrie Luft of the Max McGraw Wildlife Foundation, and we've been talking about Restore America's Wildlife Act, which is very much worth looking into and supporting if you, if, if you really care about the future of wildlife in America. But it also, as Carrie and I were talking about before the break, it is really important that this become funds that get to the ground and get to the places they're needed and don't become lost in, in bureaucracy. And maybe, Carrie, before we just go to light shotguns for a moment, maybe that's the key point. How can we assure Americans that these funds will not just become a slush fund for, for all the things that happen in Washington? How can they be much more like the federal duck state fund? Well, I mean, that's part of the detail of the, uh, what will probably shake out in the final version of the bill, Charlie. I mean, what we really don't have yet is a comprehensive plan on how to pay for this. The House version would just roll it out of the general treasury fund. The, uh, the Senate version wants to uh, recoup monies from uh, conservation violations, such as, you know, uh, set-aside uh, violations, and use that to fund this. Um, I think that will be a sticking point going forward. How do we pay for it? Um, if you do it, you can earmark it, and you can, and you can restrict those funds, just like the federal debt stamp is. So let's hope, Charlie, that they work out a palatable option to – fund the bill, and then they they protect it so it can't be swept into other purposes. I'm laughing because, Carrie, I think if all of our listeners were given one day to figure out how to find the money in government, and you and I were given one day to find the money, I bet you we could find the money pretty quickly. Some other people might not like it, but I bet there's a billion and a half dollars floating around in our federal government that really isn't being very well spent, and this is a better way to spend it. Let's leave it at that, because I, I, I think, Carrie, we probably have unanimous agreement among everyone listening around the country that there's a billion and a half dollars floating around in Washington that, that could be better spent. <laughs> so, yep. let's, Carrie, let's hope so. There is, a, there is a national movement of people who hunt to shoot lighter-gauge guns. And I don't want to get ahead of a, of, a, of a study that's being done on this. I, I'm not trying to do that today at all. But I want to ask you, and, and for those of you listening, Kerry Luft is, is a heck of a shot and, and, and has trophies and, and ribbons to prove it. Um, Kerry, 12-gauge shotgun has long been accepted as the gun you use for waterfowl hunting because I think it was the most effective. And I'm reading a story this week 
about how a Benelli has introducing a three inch, twenty eight gauge waterfowl gun. So I'm not again. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here. I want to stay on philosophy. Why are we trying to shoot lighter gauge guns at 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 at, 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 at wildlife? Why are we trying to do that? Um, you know, you got me swinging, Charlie. I do. I do think for some people, they you know they they you pick up a gun in a gun store and it's light, and you say, oh, this is the one for me. But you know, truth be told. Most people would shoot a heavier shotgun better. Uh, my friend Phil Borgelli, who writes for Field and Stream and Ducks Unlimited, years ago did a test with um, a light 20-gauge, a medium-weight 12-gauge, and a weighted 12-gauge. And guess what? Not only was the heaviest gun fastest, it was also the easiest to shoot. Um, over the last few years, we've just gotten into... A, uh, a, a romance with lighter guns. Some people claim they're, they don't um, they don't report as loud and they don't startle game. I don't know. Um, I think uh, shotguns simply are loud. Some people, uh, and if you're an upland hunter, I don't blame you if you want to carry a light gun. But I can tell you day in and day out, a heavier gun in the waterfowl field is better. So... Could it be, you know, in golf, people are always looking for the newest gadget. Hit the ball further, oh. hit the ball straighter, you know, hit the putt better, right? They've, they've been an entire industry out of every. It's something has to be new. <clears throat> are we there with shotguns? Oh, sure. I mean, is it now? Is it now? You got all the 12 gauges? Go ahead. Why do we buy a new car every year? Yeah, you've got a, you've got a 20. I mean, and don't get me wrong, a 20 gauge can be totally effective on, on ducks, at least, uh, at, as long as you're careful about estimating your range and taking good shots. Um, but now, this 3-inch 28-gauge, and I'm certain that the gun makers of the world said, well, everybody's got 20-gauges, let's give them something else to buy. And will it kill ducks? I mean, will it kill uh, game cleanly? I'm sure it will under the right conditions. Day in and day out, a 12 probably would do better. And I'll leave you with this thought, Charlie. I, you know, As you know, I'm an avid clay target shooter. Um, Olympic shooters can shoot whatever they want. Their load is, is roughly seven eighths ounce of an ounce, which is the traditional uh, seven eighths of an ounce, which is the traditional twenty gauge load. But they all shoot twelve gauges. Why is that? Because that's what works better. Well, with that thought, we're going to move on to looking to talk about this more in the future. I think, Kerry, this is really going to come down to a question of sportsmanship. What it's not sporting for you. What's the most sporting? It's not what's the most sporting for you. It's what's fairest for the game you are trying to put on the table. What cripples the least? What causes? You know what? What has the least impact on a population? We'll continue this discussion, Carrie. I think we're in the very early innings of what's going to become a national dialogue. And thank you for sharing your thoughts. We've been listening to Carrie Luft of the Max McGraw Wildlife Foundation, and this is Charlie Potter, the outdoor voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN, and have a great Father's Day, everyone.